0: It doesn't matter if it's the catwalk, sidewalk, or hallway, or even if you're getting snacked snack from your work fridge. I slay. It doesn't matter if you're having a good brow day, bad brow day, good skin day, bad skin day. don't matter if it's PMS and you feel a mess or if you feeling blessed because I slay. Because you slay, we slay. This is I slay the podcast. Guys, welcome back, welcome back. What's up, Slay Nation? It's Erica Celeste signing on, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of I Slay the Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Slay Nation. I hope that you'll continue to listen to us because, you know, it's free 99. Um, If you haven't been here before, let me just go ahead and tell you a little bit about I Slay the Podcast. So it is fashion, entertainment, and beauty For the culture. So think about it like Wendy's Hot Topics meets the fashion police. But, you know, with me and hilarious. So let's go ahead and get a little more into what this episode is about. So in this episode, we will discuss a fashion collaboration made in heaven and a fashion collaboration made in bikini bottom. We also talk about DJT's social media temper tantrum. And the internet trolls are back at it again, and this time it means war. So we talk about all of this and more on I Slay the Podcast. But before we get into our first main segment, I actually want to introduce a new segment to you guys. It is called the I Slay All-Stars. Now, how can you become an I Slay All-Star so you can go ahead and make this list? by visiting us on Instagram at Islay underscore pod and just interacting with our posts, commenting, liking, sharing, and all that good jazz uh, because we love the support and we support who supports us. So I want to go ahead and give a shout out to those of you who have interacted with us on social media, sparked conversation, engaged in conversation, um, and so much more. And We really do appreciate you for doing that. So first is at the Rude Truth Podcast. At AG's Truth Podcast. At the underscore gesture of the Meming of It All podcast. And the podcast page also interacted with us with us as well. Um, we also have at Mike's and Mimosa's. We also have at Glenn and her podcast. They were also featured on This week's Tune In Tuesday, so make sure that you tune in every Tuesday. We shout out different podcasts that, you know, that we like that you should listen to or podcasts that we're kind of getting into for the week. Next is At Styled by Misha Mantra. So Misha Mantra actually is a stylist, and she actually pretty much did our first stylist tip of the week. Now, that is something that we are going to do every Thursday on instagram and i really do appreciate it because this one looked so good so if you're a stylist and you are interested in doing the i slay the podcast tip of the week you can go ahead and email us at i at gmail.com again that is at i Podcast. At gmail.com. Did you like my phone operator voice? I used to prank people with that, but I digress. So next we have at Jessica Rich Collection. We'll actually be talking about uh, that organization a little bit later. And then we also have at T-I-M-E-E-K-A-H-M. I know I'm saying this wrong. I'm so sorry. It's at T-I-M-E-E-K-A-H-M. Now this is actually one of the designers. I know you remember that all white outfit Um, that was actually a collaboration between two designers and uh, the individual that I just mentioned is actually one of the designers of that dress so when I saw that I screamed um, internally and Jessica Rich also commented on a post that we tagged her in as well so shout out to them Um, I love when people that you tag kind of interact because a lot of times we don't think that they're actually going to say anything and then when they do you know, I, I do cartwheels inside my head because um, I'm not doing cartwheels IRL. So, next we have at Podcast Morning Wood. Next is going to be at Verbal Dope Dealers. And at Aaliyah Faust. So, that is at A-L-I-Y-A Faust. She was actually One of our Tune In Tuesdays from last week. Um, She actually has a weekly radio show on Philly Slaver. um, That is every Sunday. You can download the app. So go ahead and follow her um, to listen to the Gospel Goodie Show. So if you're into um modern gospel music she has a lot of great interviews on there as well so shout out to her so again make sure that you join the conversation on instagram and follow at isolate underscore pod we absolutely love the interaction and having conversation about different topics and you never know your comment could be read on the podcast which is also another great way of cross promotion so make sure that you comment okay So, next, let's get into the fashion news. We all know that fashion makes news, and news makes fashion. Now, our first story is actually just going to be a little blurb. We know that beyonce pretty much shut the internet down and had everybody gagging like we're still gagging over the looks that were in black is king so shout out to beyonce She was a lot of black designers and black stylists um so the video was pretty much like black black blacky, black black and honestly i have nothing negative to say about it the imagery was beautiful the songs were amazing The features from other artists were also awesome. I like how she collaborated with some artists that we may not have known, just kind of showing off her heritage. So shout out to her for the, honestly, the entire thing um, and all of the projects that she kind of put out in collaboration with Disney. So shout out to Beyonce. But our second story actually deals with someone who is friends with Queen Bee. Um, a.k.a. Queen Bay, a.k.a. Beyonce, um, and actually it is Megan the Stallion. So we know that Megan the Stallion has, you know, been in the midst of, of tragedy, and even though she has a lot going on in her personal life, she has secured the bag in so many ways that even when she's down, she's not down and out. You hear me, okay? So she actually, uh, so it was announced, through a news release, through PR Newswire from Revlon. And they announced that Megan the Stallion is actually their latest brand ambassador. And I'm so excited for Megan because this is major. Okay, she's starting to get those big endorsements. First, you know, she she's already gotten an endorsement from Fenty. She's already gotten the endorsement from um, from. From Fashion Nova as well and that collaboration. So this girl this uh, well, this woman is really moving up in the world. Now current brand ambassadors would be Gal Gadot, Ashley Graham, Sophia Carson, Jessica Jung, Adua Abola, and Enola in I'm I'm a mess this up. I'm so sorry. But is Eniola Abarillo? i think i got that right so megan the stallion pretty much does a quote from her saying that i've set the bar high for myself with everything that i do but now but to now be a brand ambassador for revlon it feels like a new level said megan to me the revlon brand stands for both beauty and female strength i'm excited to help define what that means to a new generation of women so What I want to say about this is that I believe that this is a smart collaboration for a number of reasons. So number one, we all know that a lot of times, you know, Megan, you know, before was pretty much doing her makeup by herself. So someone who they know, what can actually do tutorials and do videos and show demonstrations of her using their products from a PR standpoint is a good move. Even though her content isn't necessarily PG-13, I think that a lot of times when it comes to branding that a lot of brands aren't afraid to collaborate with someone who may be a little more vocal and explicit in their content because honestly like they say some of the smartest people in the world have the foulest mouths and are usually the messiest. It was some survey that I read um a while ago so I'm very excited for Megan and this collaboration and I can't wait to see what the ads look like. I want to see if they're actually going to come out with you know her own like um like, you know, her own shade of eyeshadow or, like, an eyeshadow palette because, you know, a lot of times they'll do, like, the the lid, the crease, the brow, you know, kind of colors um, all in one um, tool. So, I just kind of want to see what they do with Megan, if they're going to kind of try to go the palette route, like, a lot of, you know, those Ulta Beauty brands you know do when they do collaborations like morphe and things like that so i'm really excited about this for her um and i do like the simple fact that revlon is kind of going the more diverse route because you have a woman who is plus size you have other you know women of color you have african women so it's like you know, they're kind of showing that make they're trying to expand their brand pretty, pretty much because when Fenty came on the scene with the them showing that you can actually have more shades than six or 10 or five or whatever, you know, showing that people come in all shades regardless of of, you know, what race you belong to. There are all these variations of colors and, you know, of skin tones. And, you know, some skin tones have this issue and that issue. So a lot of brands are starting to expand. And you want to be able to show that their product, you know, it's like regardless of what skin tone you are, you can find something or something close to it. Um, So congratulations to Megan Thee Stallion. I'm very excited for this collaboration. um, And I wish you the best with this one. Um, I can't wait to see what happens, what, you know, when you go into the store, kind of like what the new advertising, cause a lot of times, cause actually I used to work in a drugstore in the cosmetic section. So anytime there was like a collaboration with someone like that was like seasonal, we would actually have to change out the inserts, you know, put new products out and, um, put up new, like, um, like put up new, like stands around the store and different like in caps, To kind of represent whatever promotion was going on. So I can't wait to kind of go into the store and see Megan's face like in a drugstore. Because once you start going that route, like uh, and becoming brand ambassadors for companies and companies believe in what you stand for. That's when you get that real coin because we all know, yes, music, they do make money, but... You know, making music isn't going to bring you as much money, especially because most of the money comes from touring. So because of that, you do have to branch out into other opportunities and be able to market yourself in a way that brands are receptive to. That way you can just get more than that, you know, IG sponsorship. Not saying anything is wrong with that. But once you, as a celebrity, once you reach a certain level, you do want those pretty much brand ambassador like endorsement deals that's practically what they are at the end of the day kind of like how Olympic stars you know wanted to be on the the Wheaties box and they wanted to have the Gatorade commercial things like that so Megan's kind of positioning herself so that she's able to do her music that she's able to bring in multiple streams of revenue because when you're an artist like that's what you have to do you have to create these multiple streams of revenue because just being an artist isn't going to be it unless you want to be touring the rest of your life you know like you you see a lot of these artists having to go back because they weren't because they just focused on music and that was all they did so you know, you want to be able to branch out. You want to be able to have your song in movies so that way you're still getting, like, residual checks and things like that. Like, I just watched Fast and the Furious. I know this is a little off-subject, but I just watched Fast and the Furious. And um, I actually, Ja Rule was in the first movie, but then you heard a song by Ja Rule. So Ja Rule still getting them checks from his song being in a movie. And those are kind of, like, the things that you Want to do when you have these deals. We want to make sure that you're still getting that residual income now on to our next and final story in the fashion news So Kanye West actually released a series of tweets and one of those tweets actually included uh, An image of the new Yeezy sneakers that is a collaboration um, with his partnership with Adidas and it's a collaboration with D Rose and and The internet had a lot to say about it, honestly. So our question of the day for one of our days. So remember, that is a new segment that we've been doing that we kind of of started, which is really cool. So each and every day during the week, what I'll do is I post a story, a question really. Um, Some of them are accompanied by images. Some of them are accompanied by videos. And our question of the day pretty much was that, you know, would you actually... Like, do you like the design of the new Yeezys, and would you buy it? So, we did have a few comments on Instagram. So, at Diary of a Brooklyn Chick said, heck no. Um, We also had a Quattro Cianchi John. So, it's at Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-C-I-C-C-H-E John said no, um, and at Maya Imani said, no ma'am. So the shoe to me looks like, you know the blobfish? Like you ever seen that, the image of, if you know what a, a blobfish is, Google it. Google a blobfish. Seriously, it looks like a blobfish in a sea urchin, but it's a shoe. So when the shoe It actually goes completely flat. Like, if you turn the shoe on its side, it is almost completely flat. flat. Like, the shoe pretty much is kind of shapeless. It reminds you of the Crocs, but if the Crocs were made of rubber instead of styrofoam. Like, there's all these, like, little ridges. That's why, to me, it reminds me of, of like, something you would find in, in Bikini Bottom. Like, way at the bottom of the ocean, stuck to the side of a rock with, like, a fish or a crab trying to hide in it. That's what it reminds me of. And um, there was actually someone who wore, um, I believe it's D. Rose's significant other, um, and she had the shoe on. And the shoe, even though it was too big, it was his size, whatever, size 12. But it does not look flattering on the foot. Like, it looks like a silicone sock that's been left out in the sun and ran over by a car that's that's that is exactly what it looks like to me i agree with the slay nation i think that i wouldn't buy it i don't like the design i don't care if you paid me you know you would have to pay me a large sum of money in order to get me to wear them and advertise them because i'm not wasting my money i mean i'm not someone who necessarily buys like a whole bunch of name brand shoes like that's not me that's not in my budget you know I'm on a beer budget I'm gonna stay there but it's not something that I would necessarily go out of my way to buy like I started investing in fashion pieces that I feel like will last time that regardless whether I lose weight gain weight whatever like You know, it will be something that holds value, which is why I started investing in bags, but kind of working my way up. But even if I were a sneaker head, like I used to be when I was in college, but not so much anymore. But even if you would have shown like 19 year old me the shoe, I would have actually what the F is that? Because it can't be a sneaker and I wouldn't be caught dead in it unless you paid me to do so because money talks and I'm going to let that BS walk and that is what I'm going to say on that and that's the final word so that's it for the fashion oh girl the way you sipping I know you got the tape spill it spill all of it oh I know this that's finna be good you know what let me go get some popcorn so I can find out what's popping you know what there's so much that's happening right now Like, it's a lot. Like, even though COVID 19 has happened, most of the world is shut down, there's still so much news happening. I don't know if it's because everyone's at home, so people are gabbing more, things like that, but all this tea is super hot this time. Now, the first story that we're going to get into is about. Uh, well she's not she's not so little anymore we've seen her pretty much grow up on reality tv with her mom and her stepdad and her siblings and i'm talking about no other than tiny's first daughter yes we are talking about zionique and you know with covid19 we actually all kind of predicted that there would be another baby boom and that's because a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands now this means that there are going to be plenty of baby shower invites for drive through baby showers physical baby showers and you know COVID-19 actually gives you a great excuse to actually skip all of the baby shower invites that you're going to get in a few months and save you some money in the long run because You know, what ends up happening is you get all these invites, you're like, ugh, gotta spend all this money on a kid that I'm probably not even gonna see like that. So this is your excuse to go ahead and and skip it, um, because, you know, even save you some money because even celebrities aren't immune to BabyGate 2020, aka the COVID boom. Yep, I feel like that's what they're gonna call this generation or, um, yeah, I've that's pretty much what they're going to call this generation. So, in recent news, Zionique actually announced well, her mom actually posted on her Instagram page or Twitter page, one of her social media feeds, that Zionique is actually five months pregnant and this is her first child with her boyfriend, um, Ben Hunter Izzy, aka Israel James. Now, uh, the world cheered in excitement. But we all know that there were some trolls who just couldn't keep their negative thoughts to themselves. According to an article written by Tia Berger of Atlanta Black Star, this troll actually decided to comment on the post that Tiny made announcing her first grand, grandchild. And they said, Finally, why not teach your baby not to be another BM, but to be a wife? This is what the critic commented. And... Here's my reaction to it. So, as a woman, most of us are fully aware of the possible outcomes when engaging in sexual activities. We know that contraception isn't 100% and we know the risks that come with engaging in sexual activity without using protection. Most, And then I say most of us. But even though I am not privy to information about Zionist sexual activity nor do i honestly really care to know um what she's doing and how it happened i don't really care i you know we know about the birds and the bees we know how it happened but i don't care about the details you know um so pretty much in this day and age we are in society pretty much having a child out of wedlock is not a faux pas anymore Um, It is to some people, so in some circles it is, but in mainstream society, it isn't, because who cares? Like, as long as the child is happy and being taken care of, like, who cares? And, you know, if, as a mother, if a mother isn't doing what they're supposed to do, hopefully someone steps in and assists. That isn't always the case, but I digress. So... I feel like this person is saying that if you have a child with someone, then you have to automatically marry the person. That is such an antiquated, horrible idea. Do you know how many people, because of the way that they grew up or because they have this idea of what a family is, they feel like as soon as, you know, they, you know, guys feel like as soon as they knock someone up or their family feels like as soon as someone You know, as soon as a woman becomes pregnant with a child that automatically she and the other person, you know, and I'm talking about like a heteronormative, you know, male, female, you know, relationship pretty much in that respect. Or even um, if. You know, Even if it isn't a heterosexual relationship, however you define your relationship, however you choose or not to choose to define your relationship or your gender identity, um, if you are in a relationship period, some people are still assigning these antiquated ideas that just because you—and I'm again, I'm talking about the male-female relationship—just because a man and a woman have a child together— that they automatically have to get married. Do you know how many people are suffering through their marriages right now because of that idea? People who are older than us, who are in relationships that are unhappy. Because, you know, when, it, when, think about it, right? If you have parents who are together for, you know, for the sake of the family. And, you know, like, were you able to tell that your parents were unhappy? Children can tell that. Children can see that you are unhappy, and even though when you become a parent, your focus is your child, but you also can't forget to also not leave yourself behind, because a lot of times when you're in a relationship, just because you don't, like sometimes, yes, sometimes it works out, but sometimes it doesn't, so would you rather, you know, force yourself to be in a marriage that you're not ready for, and end up making a mistake, and end up getting divorced, and all, and everything that comes with that, and the mental anguish, that that comes with that as well like you trying to saying that oh she's becoming another baby mother she is the she's going to be the mother of a child i hate and i've always hated that term baby mother like if you want to call yourself that like more power to you granted i don't have any kids i just always feel like there's such a negative connotation with that term they be like, yeah, my bu- my baby mother, blah, blah, blah. Like, no. She is the mother of your child. She gave birth to your child. You made that child with her. She is the mother of your child. And you will show her some respect, period. So calling her, to me, calling her a baby mother, just, you know, saying, like, why not teach your baby not to be another baby mother? Like, she has grown. She is a grown woman who makes her own money. So if she decides that she, if they, you know, if they decided that they wanted to have a child, because in the article, um, Zionique actually talked about how she was not excited because she did not plan on having kids um, for the moment. And this wasn't something that was necessarily expected. It wasn't anything that was necessarily planned. This is me kind of ad libbing based on based off of what I read. But he was completely excited. This is actually his third child, her first. Um, so he's really excited about it. And she wasn't at first, but you know, the more she thought about it, she they made the decision to move forward. So as an adult, she made a decision. It's not for you to really decide. Whether it was a bad decision or not, or whether her mom didn't parent her right, it's her life. So regardless of what our parents teach us, you know, we can choose not to, um, you know, follow their guidance or to take p- bits and pieces or however we develop. Like, so what? Like she's having a child. Congratulations! I'm happy that she is healthy. I am happy that she is happy, and I am, you know, the fact that she and her mom um, are excited about this—that is great. And to the troll, I hate internet trolls so bad. All they—I don't know they half the time they have like twenty-three followers, and they just create those accounts because they themselves are unhappy with their life. So, you know, screw the trolls. Just screw them. So our next story is actually going to be about, well, the commander in Troll, uh, DJT. So I refuse, because honestly, I refuse to call him anything else, right? So, so DJT is having a temper tantrum because there is an app. If you lived under a rock, that will be the only, again, the only reason why you haven't heard of this app called TikTok. And, you know, it's been a boredom savior, especially during quarantine. It's entertained adults and children alike in the U.S. and all across the world. And they're being attacked by DJT. I honestly think that it is because of the K-pop artists who called for their fans to um, not flood the BLM um they, like, it was like a call to action. A lot of them actually decided to get tickets for one of his conventions, and they kind of pretty much got all of the, most of the tickets, so when he actually went to his rally, there was no one there, and that pissed him off because, you know, DJT is very, is a very salty individual, and when, you know, when you, when you cross him, and you you do something, you know, that embarrasses him, you know, DOTUS Again, yes, I'm calling him Dotus because he is a dictate. He's the dictator of the United States, uh, with the emphasis on the dick. Uh, so president, you know, this president I didn't vote for, um, became upset he actually ended up, according, and this is according to CNET, is an article by Queenie Wong, Laurel Hatula, and Andrew Morse. Um, so djt issued an executive order that would effectively ban the app in the u.s next month now we know that this uh app was developed and kind of um flourished in china uh so it's a chinese owned app and pretty much this executive order one of the things that it does is that it bans transactions with ByteDance, the app's chinese owner and it could call for, it pretty much would call for um, Google Play and and Apple to, uh, it would impact their ability to be able to distribute uh, this particular software. So he, in this particular order, he pretty much was able to do this under the International Emergencies Economic Powers Act. So according to the article, this is a law that allows the president to regulate international commerce after declaring a national emergency in response to any unusual or extraordinary threat to the U.S. So because of COVID-19, we are in a state of emergency as a nation, Um, and this is an international issue. So he was able to find some type of loophole in order to make this happen. Now, according to the shade room, an article written by Danielle Jennings. Um, so what he pretty much claims is that he wants to permanently ban TikTok. If it's not sold to a company like Microsoft within like 45 or so days. So according to NPR, uh, TikTok has actually already made their next move in reference to this ban. And they actually are filing a lawsuit. Um, if it's not filed already, it will be filed shortly and it will be filed in the U.S. District Court of of the Southern District of California. Um, where actually the U.S. headquarter, the U.S. headquarters or U.S. office for TikTok is. So in terms of the lawsuit, pretty much what they will argue is that Trump's decision to permanently ban the app in the U.S. is unconstitutional because it failed to give the company a chance to respond. And also, uh, one of their one of their arguments is that the national security justification is baseless. So pretty much what they're trying to say, what Trump is trying to say, is that this app you know impacts national security like the only person that you know pretty much is is causing any type of security threat is the fact that he's even in office and that's what i gotta say about that like you he wants to control everything and any he's like he's like that kid that doesn't want to share on the playground And, you know, it might be a community toy, but because he wants to play with it and someone else has it, now he wants to cry like, you have my ball, I have my back. It's not yours. Like, sit down somewhere. Do something else. Like, you always want to attack someone who, you know, comes for you, but you're the main—you're wrapped up in so many scandals, I have no clue how you are even still— in the White House because let Obama had done even one of those things this this man smile would smile the wrong way and all of a sudden there's all these all these vultures attacking him and trying to get him impeached. I'm just before I get too too upset let's go ahead and go to the next story and end uh, what's popping on a more positive note. So, let me take you back in time, okay? Circa 2001. I was sitting on the floor in my parents' room in front of my parents' TV. And honestly, it was because that was the only room in my house that had cable. Don't judge me. Um, But um, this was 2001. You know, we had one room with cable and I was on the floor watching TV real quiet because my dad had to sleep for work. So I would have to like literally sneak in and like have the remote and sit on the floor. It's unseen because if he woke up, he was kicking me out because I needed to watch my cartoons. Don't care. okay? so, you know, and I actually didn't have cable sidebar until I was like in college. I was like 19. So I was happy when Hulu came out. <laughs> that is not a free, you know, that's that's free advertisement right there. That's not a paid ad. Um but I actually one of my favorite cartoons that actually wasn't Sailor Moon, that wasn't an anime, um, actually there was a theme song that was actually sung by Solange Knowles featuring Destiny's Child, and I knew that my favorite one of my favorite cartoons was coming on and that was the proud family now the proud family actually lasted for a few years and it was very groundbreaking and we know that kyla pratt was actually uh voiced the character of penny proud and it was just so many viral moments that we still talk about to this day now over the past few years we've actually seen a lot of the millennials yes millennial shout out to us <laughs> uh, but we see a lot of our favorite shows actually um, receiving reboots so some of those would be boy meets world became girl meets world charmed um, had a whole new set of three sisters and we kind of been able to see their journey that show's been um, out for a few seasons and then we've also seen a reboot of 90210 and there have also been a lot of rumors of a lot of other shows like Saved by the Bell, Sister Sister, um, and a whole bunch of other shows that are going to be rebooted. But we actually have official confirmation that, number one, the Proud family is back on Disney Plus. So if you don't have it, you know, they own, they own Hulu now as well. Um, but so the Proud family, that's one thing people complained about when Disney Plus came out was that Proud family wasn't on it. So now it's on there. And they're actually, the re- the reboot is going to be called The Proud Family Louder and Prouder. So the original series was actually created, and this is all um, according to Eric Pedersen from Dateline.com. Well, Deadline, sorry, Deadline.com. And pretty much he said that the original series creator and executive producer Bruce W. Smith and executive producer Ralph Farquhar. Bar- 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 Far, far core. I'm gonna get it right. Far core har. That's what we're calling them. Um, are back along with co-ep and storyteller Calvin Brown. So pretty much the quote is in our minds. The show never really went away. We still had tons of stories left to tell. Smith and Farquhar said in a statement. It's the perfect time to bring back the show and we can't wait to take fans old and new alike on this journey with this. So it's rumored that it's gonna have the same cast of characters, just new stories. So you'll be able to again catch up on Disney Plus. The new air date hasn't been announced, but what's really super cool about this, because I know that a lot of so you know, a lot of millennials are now parents and now they actually get to Get, have their children get into some of the shows that they used to watch. Like, I talk to one of my best friend's sons all the time, and he'll ask me, like, hey, was this on when you were my age? Was this on? Oh, Scooby-Doo was on when you were my age? That's really cool. And then we sit and talk about it. Um, or, you know, I I had this one coworker. Um, he started his kids watching Dragon Ball Z from the beginning, so now that they can, you know, catch up and watch it together and kind of, you know, enjoy that together. And it's really a bonding experience. So I'm really excited because they're actually supposed to be tackling um, a lot of relevant issues and a lot of because, we know, you know, the Prowl family kind of was like That's so Raven. When That's so Raven would actually take opportunities to address issues that are being experienced by African-Americans, by teens in general. So I'm very excited because Kyler Pratt is coming back as penny. Um, And I wonder if a lot of the other voice actors, as long as they're still around, are going to come back. Um, So I'm very excited about that. And then recently, because the reason why this story came out, because this announcement actually came back out in February. But the reason why it's kind of resurfaced is because uh, Kiki Palmer is actually joined to join the cast of the Proud family, Louder and Prouder. And they're actually currently in production right now. So Kiki Palmer will actually play the role of Maya Liebowitz Jenkins, a 14-year-old activist who rel- who relentlessly marches to the beat of her own drum. Now that is a quote from Andreas Weissman, also from Deadline.com. So I am super excited. I'm a grown person who still watches cartoons. Like, I love, Steve, I love Steven Universe. I decided to go back a few years back and watch Hunter Hunter and get into other anime. I started watching Sailor Moon from scratch going back and just kind of rewatching a lot of those cartoons from my childhood over because there may be some jokes that I miss. I still watch Family Guy and I love Bob's Burgers. I love Rick and Morty. Um, I started watching Craig at Creek just because, it, you know, a, a positive image of a black family started watching that. So there's a lot. I love cartoons. Even as a grown adult, I still watch cartoons. And I'm very excited about this. And I will watch this when it comes out. I don't you know necessarily have Disney plus yet but I actually do plan on getting it soon that way I can go ahead and catch up because um actually I heard that Daria is also supposed to come back so that's exciting um I used to read the because even with um a lot of of those comic strip cartoons that turn into you know shows and movies like um oh my gosh what is the one with Huey why can't I think of this this is um I don't know why I got I'm, yep I'm looking it up right now. Some of y'all are probably yelling like is this is this like I am so sorry that I cannot remember oh boondocks. I because <laughs> I typed in Huey <laughs> and it kept bringing a uh, Huey Dewey and Louie um the ducks. Um, but it's Boondocks. So I used to read Boondocks, the comic strip, as a kid every Saturday morning um, after I watched cartoons. No, actually, I read cartoons on Sunday. I watched cartoons on Saturday. So I read the newspaper, read the comics. Um, and a kind of read, you know, read Marmaduke, things like that. So I am actually really, really excited about this reboot. And I really can't wait to kind of rewatch everything and relive my childhood. And that is actually the end of Wish Pop and I'm happy we were able to end that on a more positive note. So next we are going to get into, cause I'm actually just gonna go through this. We're actually gonna get into the designer highlight. So the designer highlight that is going to be mentioned is actually someone that we actually mentioned before and gave a shout out in our all-stars and that is Jessica Rich of Jessica Rich Shoes. You can find her on Instagram at Jessica Rich Collection as we mentioned earlier. So the reason why she kind of came across um, my view on social media was because Fashion Bomb Daily actually reposted uh the video of cardi b announcing her uh the video release of WAP with megan the stallion and the shoes that she was wearing in the video where she did the announcement she was wearing this all blue outfit um and we actually posted we actually reposted a video and we tagged uh we tagged actually all of the designers in it And Jessica Rich actually responded. So she was styled by Colin Cotter. She wore a custom skirt suit by Brian Hearns. And the heels are from Jessica Rich Collection. This was a really beautiful outfit. I love it because everyone knows now that I have dreadlocks, I'm very much so into hats. And it was a really, really nice outfit. So So Jessica Rich... Um, So she is a fashion expert and television personality all of this information actually comes from her website and the link is in her bio Um, So she actually launched her online store in 2015. Her shoes are daring, sexy, and sophisticated And in late 2017 She debuted her Transparent by Jessica Rich, which was her first line of shoes Which is her clear stiletto heels that way you can pair them with anything in March of 2019, she launched her new men's line ex- inspired by the brand's own royalty focused aesthetic, its logo being a crown with initials JR underneath. The first Jessica Rich collection brick and mortar store actually opened in july of 2018 on melrose avenue in los angeles so the next time i'm in los angeles if i move back i'm definitely taking a trip to the jessica rich store i really do love that transparent heel look and it is absolutely absolutely beautiful so congratulations jessica rich on all of your success thus far i do wish you a very prosperous future and that you remain inspired by everything that life has to offer in order to provide the world with amazing shoes designed by a black um designer so much success to you and congratulations uh on everything that you've accomplished thus far I know I've said that before but I just get really excited because a lot of times when they talk about designers of color the statistic I believe that include I'm not sure if it includes shoes too but three percent of designers are black so we want to make sure that we start supporting these black high-end designers like you know if you want to support know the high-end designers like that's your prerogative but there are some black ones out there make some really quality products and i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of her shoes have actually been copied by other people and what they're making is of less quality i've seen it happen all the time like i've literally when i used to work in uh, a shoe store i actually would see the lower grade of shoes that i've seen from these other designers of color which is always so messed up so we want to make sure that we support these designers and um you know because she's also you know a black owned business and a shoe designer so that kind of serves as our designer highlight and our black your favorite segment is back and we all know what that is put a pin in it Put a pin in it, put a pin in it, put a pin in it. Yes, it's where I get to sound off about different, pretty much the whole show is kind of like sound off, but this is actually where we have in-depth conversations about different hot topics as they kind of appear in media or just things that I kind of just got to get off my chest. So I've talked about this several times throughout this episode and Matt Cardin cardi b and megan the stallion actually released a new song called WAP, and they released the music video as well as the song there's a censored more radio friendly version of it where the song the acronyms would be w-a-g which would be wet and gushy but the p stands for well it's it's another name for cat how about that we're I'm trying to self-censor myself when I slay. I don't think I've actually cussed in a while. So actually all this season. So congratulations to me. Let's let's go ahead and give myself a round of applause for not doing that. So that's exciting. <laughs> Cause I try to censor myself as much as possible in terms of vile expletives. Having used that term in a while. So what are this, one of our questions of the day actually Um, let's let, so when it comes, okay, so let me just backtrack a little bit. So the reason why I mentioned the Megan Thee Stallion and, uh, Cardi B song is because a lot of people were actually very upset about the song stating that, you know, you're supposed to be a role model and, you know, you know how trolls are, you're supposed to be a role model for women. What do you think this says about women? So the question of the day was, do you think that there's a double standard in music when it comes to women making music about sex, um, and you know, using you know, colorful language is what we'll call it. Because I use the term explicit lyrics on there, but we're just gonna call it colorful sexual language. That's how we're gonna call that. Because it's all about how you word things. So we asked the Slay Nation what they thought about this and whether you think that. You know, we actually, this actually had a lot of comments. So the first one is going to be at Glenna Podcast. It says, there is definitely a double standard. It correlates to when women are considered hoes for exploring their sexuality and men are seen as the man when they do it. The double standard lives. So at Mike's and Mimosas, definitely a double standard. I feel as though if men can be comfortable enough to do it, then so can women. So, at the Rosie perspective says, deaf a double standard, I F with both equally though, here for all the nasty lyrics from both parties. At AG's truth podcast says, there is definitely a double standard, however, I feel like we should be careful with both genders, no one should be made a piece of meat, whether they're male or female. And at the Rude Urban Truth podcast says, yes, a double standard for sure, especially in the wake of WAP dropping some of the men crit- critiquing um, are the same ones who sing slob on my knob with their chest. Aside from gender, how are either of the songs different? Social constructs make expressive female sexuality forbidden and male sexuality accepted. Is going to take some work though to erase gender norms and eliminate double standards on both sides. That is very well said. I honestly agree with everything that everyone pretty much said. So here are my two cents on this topic. I grew up. I'm the last of the '80s, and I was pre. It was pretty much I was exactly not pretty much but I was exactly raised in the 90s and that is when music started to change and started to become a little more explicit when it came to rap music the only female rapper was Little Kim we remember seeing in the you know in the remember seeing in that because I actually wasn't going to bring this up because it it's interesting, but um, when we look at the biggie story, I don't know if this is exaggerated or not. He kind of had her change her content so that she was more sexy because no man wants to hear her try to be an MC and spit like that. Um, so her lyrics were a little more sexual, and even you know, she kind of received a lot of criticism for that. But Biggie was able to, you know, be as explicit as possible, R. I. P. And people still jam to those songs. I grew up in the, you know, in the nineties, so I remember, you know, Juvenile back that thing up. I remember Ludacris songs being explicit. I remember Tip Drill. Oh my God! Even the music videos in the nineties, um, explaining women like the Ying Yang Twins. Whole career is explicit lyrics sexual lyrics so my thing is i feel like when it comes to music in general there are a few issues and um cardi b and suki hana and megan the stallion talked about this in their interview post release of the music video so a lot of times and one thing that i definitely dislike about the music industry i feel like for women it's a lot harder if you don't sing if you're a singer I'm not saying that it's as easy but I feel like for a lot of female rappers it is a little bit harder and actually they do this in music in general because I feel like a lot of times with female rappers they're always pinning them against each other and because there aren't usually as many female rappers in the market at the same time um that they always kind of like oh this person is taking your spot do you feel like this person is coming for you because you're at the top now like They don't do the same thing to men. They don't. There are so many male rappers all rapping about the same... Stuff Yet, when women come out, they have to be so far different from one another. Like, the Migos is a group of three people that all sound the same. I know that that's Cardi's man, but... And then there was a lot of people all doing that mumble rap, all sounding the same. And people still support them, but their lyrics are explicit or not. Like, Cardi B has done some songs with some guys that have said some pretty explicit stuff. But people aren't like, you're not being a role model. Why are women who are, period, just women in period, a lot of times are said that we have to be role models and provide examples for younger women. But when it comes to men, boys will be boys. Like that rhetoric is so toxic. It's ridiculous. And a lot of people are trying to say that like, oh, you know, even having a, you know, well, well lubricated vagina. Yes, it's a little explicit. Sorry. But having a well lubricated vagina, if that happens, then you would have to go see a doctor. I was actually looking on Facebook and um, that article actually popped up. And I believe that I actually decided to uh, screenshot. Actually, no, I didn't. So in this article, they were talking about how people were saying that, you know, if you have a a moist vagina, then you have to go to a doctor because that's a problem. And I'm thinking, like, have you never had sex before? Or have you never sexually aroused a woman? Like, that's that's my question. Like, that is something that your body naturally does, like, in general seriously like that is supposed to happen like your body is supposed to respond that way so that when semen I'm so sorry for the explicit but so when semen enters you know enters the woman's body that the lubrication makes it easier for the sperm to be able to travel you know to the egg to for potential fertilization right that's the whole science behind it all like what she's saying and the lyrics, like, just let her do her, like, whatever, the song, I like the song, whatever, judge, don't judge me, judge your mother, um, but I like the song, I play it at least once a day, um, I'm going to support them, even though, you know, the lyrics are explicit, like, yes, they are, you know, yes, to me, I feel like it's more so a female empowerment, because a lot of times, like, there are all these double standards when it comes to women expressing their sexuality and it's so annoying. Like, you're not mad when Erica Badu sells the incense of her the, of her vagina smell, but you're mad at Cardi B's video? Like, if you're going to be mad, just be mad at it all cuz that just tells me that you have this antiquated idea of what a woman should be and women should be seen not heard and all that buku BS even as a child when people would say things like that to me I would stand up cause I'm like you're not about to tell me what I can and can't do with my body and what I can and cannot say in what scenario like no I cussed out a whole dude because he told me don't interrupt men when men are talking oh, excuse me Oh, I cussed him all the way out and got him all the way together. And that's kind of how I feel like, yes, if she wants to express herself in that way and that's what she wants to rap about so be it. That's why anytime I hear a female rapper, I don't care if they're good or bad because we you know there's a lot of trash rappers out here uh, Tekashi69 uh, but I digress and you know they're able to exist in a space even if they're a one hit wonder and keep it moving but when it comes to women they have to be held to, you know it's like oh no it's not your turn yet you have to wait. No! You know what would have made this song even more perfect? If Nicki Minaj would have got on it Because they constantly pin Nicki Minaj against Cardi, you know, Cardi B, and they've had their issues. But forget it. Both of y'all are mothers now, even though Nicki hasn't had her baby. Both of y'all are mothers. Y'all can squash this industry beef and keep it moving. Cardi isn't the same, you know, fight real quick, but if you cross us, she will still fight you, and all of that will come out. Like, you know, that would be really cool if, there was a remix. Like, remember how back in the 90s, there used to be all these long-behind remixes with, like, 15 different artists? Like, um, remember the Snoop Battle? And there was this one DMX song. It's slipping me right now. But there was so many freaking artists on that song. It was ridiculous. But each verse was better than the next. I don't care if you put Trina, Suki Hana, Light Keisha, uh, uh, the Brat. I don't care who. You can put every... Single female rapper has ever rapped about anything raunchy. I don't care if you got Erica Baidu saying, I don't care. Whatever. I just do it. I don't care if you put females on there that don't like each other. They just want to outdo each other, and I'm here for it. I don't care if the song is freaking a whole hour. Just say what you guys say. Get on the song, and you know, Asia, Asian Doll. Like, all these, you know, all these female rappers, get on it. Don't care. You know, get Normani to to sing the hook. So, just do it. I don't care. People, you know, women are starting to own the word. You know, all those negative connotations that are easily associated with women when they are, you know, when they are in touch with themselves and they do explore their sexuality and in a way that is meaningful for them, and they're given all these turns. Don't, don't, don't care about your negativity. Um, so that's pretty much how I feel about that. And I'm actually, it kind of feels like I'm ending it abruptly, but I'm just going to end that episode there. Because if I keep going off, this episode is going to last forever. And we are actually almost at an hour. So... I'm going to go ahead and uh, conclude this episode of Slay the Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at iSlay underscore pod. Thank you so much for supporting us and getting to the end of this episode. Um, and I'm very excited because I do have a lot of plans coming up for the podcast. I know you've been waiting on the YouTube channel. I'm still working on that, trying to work out some of the kinks. Um, so, I, you know, I just really want it to be something that is... Um, you know representative of me and I want to be able to put out a really great great quality product and I feel like I'm learning a lot right now that I want to be able to fully develop and and put into what I'm doing so this is Erica Celeste signing off and remember the glow up starts within my